Hello, and welcome to Military History Inside Out, brought to you by War Scholar and located at warscholar.org. We talk about military history from ancient times to modern and everything in between. I'm Chris Alvarez, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out my two other popular podcasts. I speak with Kaylin Worth about her historical novel about the Old West celebrity calamity Jane in my podcast Full Contact Nerd Interviews, and I speak with Laird Thompson about his astronomy book on cosmic voids in my podcast Technology and Space. Thank you for listening. I'm speaking with Blaj Torka, author of Mission Yugoslavia, the OSS, and the Chetnik and Partisan Resistance Movements, 1943 to 1945, published June 3rd, 2020, by McFarland. Thank you for speaking with me. Thanks also to you. Uh, so first, how did you get into uh, studying and writing on this subject? Yeah, when, when I was uh, researching for my bachelor degree, uh, this was uh, British SOE and the Yugoslavia during Second World War. I saw lots of documents connected with OSS. So because SOE cooperated with OSS, and uh, then I started to research what is written in, in ex-Yugoslavia states about OSS working in uh, Yugoslavia. And I found out actually that it's not written a lot, just in pieces. And then I decided that uh, we need to make a, a monography which includes all OSS missions which operated in Yugoslavia in both resistance movements. So in Chetnik and, of course, in, in partisan movement. So, just so this started, let's say, 10 years ago when I was in the United States uh, two times. And then I, year by year, I started to research and uh, publish. I published a book last year. So just for listeners, can you uh, briefly tell them what the OSS and OSE, SOE are? Yeah. Uh, SOE was um, British Secret Service, which... Uh, uh, the task of uh, was to uh, to support the resistance movement in occupied Europe, uh, and OSS was of course the the first uh, U.S. Uh, secret service, which was also created with with British help at the beginning of of uh, the Second World War, and uh, their task was of course to. Uh, to send uh, intelligence reports from, uh, let's say, occupied uh, regions to uh, to make research and analysis to to also to support the the guerrilla, the resistance movements uh, in occupied uh, Europe. Uh, and of course, uh, this was uh, for the U.S. at that time very important in the Yugoslavia case because they needed to know which. Uh, resistance movements is is fighting uh, actively against the Axis powers, mm -hmm. and of course, important was that the U.S. Uh, government receives lots of reports what is happening in Yugoslavia, where are the main, uh, let's say, uh, bases of the Germans and Italians in in Yugoslavia where, uh, for bombing all the let's say important industrial places so all all let's say all reports political and military were sent to to united states via oss for 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 uh, the u.s government 
by by OSS. Now the uh, the resistance movements that existed in these areas at the time was it just a few or were there small groups that needed to be brought together and and sort of assessed? Yeah, the problem in Yugoslavia was that we had two two resistance movements. One was royal; uh, these were the Chetniks, and of course the other was the communist one, uh, 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 the partisans. Hmm. Firstly, the Allies supported only the Chetniks, Draža Mihailović, which mainly operated in Serbian territories of Yugoslavia. Later on, both movements, uh, the Allies also wanted that these two movements uh, joined together to cooperate, but uh, this could not work. Uh, so later on, after the Tehran conference, the Allies supported only Tito's partisans. So this was that main decision, which uh, which was important, let's say, for for what happened in Yugoslavia in '44 and '45. Mm-hmm. And the I... problem was, of course, ideological. Uh, the partisans were pro-communist. All other left, let's say, parties were also creating this movement. Uh, the Chetniks were loyal, uh, supported by Yugoslav uh, government in exile. And of course, the problem was uh, uh, who to support, uh, and mainly the Allies supported the movement, which was actively fighting against the Axis powers. And this was were the partisans. Mm-hmm. So, just when you mentioned the Tehran conference, um, where Churchill, Roosevelt, and Stalin met, I can imagine Stalin and his advisors telling Roosevelt, "Hey, you're gonna, you're gonna, you should support the communist." Uh, group. Yeah. Um, actually, also, um, Churchill had uh, very important, uh, let's say, uh, intelligence reports, and these were ultra reports. So, ultra uh, ultra reports, uh, which uh, were, let's say, um, de- decrypted by, by the British actually gave uh, gave new uh, knowledge that actually the partisans were were actively uh, fighting against the the Germans and not and not the the Chetniks hmm. so this was that main reason why Churchill decided to support communists which is not logical but ultra actually uh, gave this important uh, message to Churchill and Churchill also had lots of good good uh, liaison officers in, in Yugoslavia. Let's say his son, mm. his son uh, sent him report. If you support Tito or not, Tito will be leader after the the war in Yugoslavia. So, for for the British, it was important that they support also the the movement which uh, uh, would provide stable Yugoslavia, united Yugoslavia after the war. So Tito was. Gar- guaranteeing this and not and not Draja Mihailovic. The the problem of Draja was also uh, that he was pro-Serbian. His movement was not spread all around Yugoslavia. Partisan movement was spread in all republics. Mm-hmm. So it was more Yugoslav than than, than the Czechs. And uh, what was the the U.S. role in this side? The U.S. Uh, government mainly decided how church it decided. So they were under uh, his influence. Mm-hmm. So 
primarily Yugoslavia was not the the sphere of influence of the U.S. and they they actually all all let's say for all allies and officers in first three years which operated in Yugoslavia all all U.S. agents actually in first three years were operating inside British missions. Hmm. Only later on, in 1944, the, the U.S. Uh, intelligence service sent first independent uh, mission to, to Tito. So if you st- look strategically, main domain of uh, Yugoslavia was British and Soviet. Mm-hmm. So tell me what, the, um, what did the support consist of? How, what did the U.S. do to help? Uh, they send all sorts of material support, uh, uh, munition, uh, weapons, um, uh, all sorts of medical support. And of course, they also were uh, transporting from Yugoslavia to South Italy, to Bari, the wounded, uh, the wounded partisans, uh, also civilian, uh, uh, ci- lots of civilians. And the role of partisans were, uh, was mainly to also to evacuate U.S. airmen hmm. because lots of U.S., uh, let's say, uh, airmen were shot uh, down after, uh, under the Yugoslavia by, by the Germans and, and the partisans and also the Chetniks helped to evacuate this U.S. airmen. So you have now also in the United States lots of books uh, written by veterans uh, lots of memories uh, uh, how uh, how this tragedy uh, happened and how the partisans and the Chetniks solved the lives of U.S. airmen. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking with Blaj Torkar, author of Mission Yugoslavia. You can find more information about his work on the McFarlane website or by searching for him online. If you like this podcast, Military History Inside Out, so far, please subscribe. If you want daily book suggestions for new military history and general American and world history, including true crime, please check out my YouTube channel, War Scholar, and my website, warscholar.org, or militaryhistorypodcast.com. If you're looking for new fiction and nonfiction books on sci-fi, fantasy, horror, gaming, film history, and more, check out chrisalvarez.com and my podcast, Full Contact Nerd Interviews. If you want new technology, science, space, and space history books, check out technologyinspace.com and my podcast, Technology and Space. Now back to the podcast. So um, what uh, what problems or tensions or, or issues might have existed or did exist uh, with USA to these, to these resistance movements? Yeah. Yeah. The problem was that, firstly, USAID um, was used for fighting against the Germans and, and the Italians and, of course, the Hungarians mm-hmm. and the Ustashi. But later on, these weapons was also used uh, in so-called civil war. So uh, they said the U.S. diplomats were angry because these weapons were used in, in, in fights against the, the Chetniks and the, the partisans. So they were not happy with that. They wanted that this weapons is used to, to fight against the Axis powers. Uh, and if you see, let's say, the documents from, from 43, 
then developing from uh, 43 to 45, you see that this, let's say, partisan control supervision of all allied personnel, which was uh, working in partisan headquarters, this, this control, this, this supervision was more and more intense. So all the allied personnel could not freely move around. So they were all the time under control of the uh, OSNA agents, which, which was, OSNA was the, the partisan secret service, which, which uh, was similar like, like NKVD in, in uh, Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the OSS didn't, didn't uh, train these resistance movements that much, especially with the secret service. It sounds like they already had something going. They just needed resources. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were not train uh, training them, but mainly supporting with weapons, and of course, also they cooperated in some fighting, especially because OSS sent uh, also operative groups. This was similar, like let's say British commandos. Mm-hmm. So they were se- uh, they sent to to partisan movement, let's say on on Croat islands, these operative groups and partisans together with. Uh, OSS operative groups were fighting against the the German uh, uh, German uh, um, army, which was at that time on, on, on the islands and on the Dalmatian coast. So, they, in some parts, they were fighting together, but mainly this uh, this uh, support was more support with ammunition and and weapons. Were there any Soviet advisors there? Doing yeah. anything? Yeah, but uh, interesting is that that uh, that first uh, missions which uh, came to to partisan headquarters were were British and U.S. Uh, only one year later, so in in 1944, the first Soviet mission was sent to Yugoslavia. Hmm. Uh, actually, one year one year later. Okay, um, how about? Uh... Just the uh, the physical the, the defenses they put up to um, the physical uh, physical security. What how did they uh, keep themselves um, hidden from the enemy? Um, were these missions sort of open in in safe areas, or were they yeah, hidden? They were all the time moving together with with partisan headquarters. So they were very good. Uh, the security was provided, mm-hmm. uh, as I told you. It was not allowed that they move freely around and gather intelligence. Mm-hmm. So they had all the time the partisans uh, uh, with them, and they were moving with 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 the the partisan headquarters, and they were mainly safe all the time. Mm-hmm. Let's say all the time was let's say Lynn Farish, which was uh, the highest. Uh, U.S. Uh, officer at Tito headquarters, Major mm-hmm. Lynn Farish was all the time together with, with Tito and, of course, Fitzroy McLean, which was the highest British officer. So they were moving around with him in some bombing, let's say, on that famous offensive in Sutjeska. Some of the British staff were also wounded, but uh, mainly they uh, uh, they were the security was provided uh, for, for the Allies. Mm-hmm. You know, when, uh, so thinking, you know, whenever you see World War II movies, maybe not about Yugoslavia, but about, 
you know, secret allied operations, you know, you always see them running around in, in, uh, local garb or like enemy uniforms. And, you know, so I imagine, was it sort of like that for these guys or was it more, you know, safe area and then they'd go and do a mission and then come back and rest and that sort of thing. Yeah. Let's say at the end of the war, um, there were, there were some problems on the border with third Reich in Austria. Mm-hmm. Because firstly, the US wanted to send missions to partisans and then together with partisans to infiltrate into Austria. Mm-hmm. The problem was that partisans didn't want that the Americans came in Austria alone together with the partisans because they were afraid that they, that the, the Americans would organize resistance movement which was not under the partisan control. So they were afraid of parallel, uh, let's say, resistance movements, which is not communist and under the, the, the partisan control. So, so later on, the, the US OSS started to send missions directly into Austria. And this was a problem because they were very quickly found by, by the Gestapo. Uh, why, why was this problem? Because mainly the the members of these missions did not know the area. Yeah. That's why they wanted to have all the time partisans with them. Uh, when they picked that, let's say, members uh, in, in US, they were mainly some of, let's say, Slovenian, Serb, Croat origin, but they could speak Serbo-Croat, but but they didn't know, let's say, the area very very good, and uh, that that's why they needed partisan help. Mm-hmm. So, what other um, what other themes do you focus on in the book? Um, what what uh, what other details do you get into? Uh, I also uh, write about, uh, let's say, important, let's say, Yugoslavs and Slovenians who cooperated with uh, OSS, so in the United States. Then I, f- I focus also on Yugoslav agents who worked for OSS, uh, because primarily uh, when OSS sent one mission to Yugoslavia, the head of the mission was, of course, uh, the origin from USA, was, let's say, U- US citizen of Croat or Serbian or Slovenian origin, but let's say those guys who were uh, translators, who were radio telegraphists, those guys were not Native Americans, but were the Yugoslavs. Mm. So uh, those who also knew very well the English and of course the the, the Serbo-Croat language and Slovenian. Mm. So uh, how how U.S. found these guys to mobilize them into into the missions hmm. they were mainly uh, lots of them were were prisoners of war which were taken by by the british or the americans in north africa hmm. because these guys the the yugoslavs were earlier the italian uh, soldiers uh, how they were italian soldiers because italy occupied a large part of yugoslavia after the first world war uh, large part, let's say, of ex-Austro-Hungary. So this was parts of Dalmat, Dalmatia, Istria, and and Slovenian littoral. So 
British and the Americans uh, very quickly found out that inside the, the, the Italian prisoners of war were some of Yugoslav origin, and then they they um, uh, asked them if they are prepared to work for, for the Allies, and they, they were happy to, to work with them because they hated Italians. So that's how they found the Yugoslavs uh, for, for U.S. Uh, missions and also for the British missions. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to another historian who talked about um, how much trouble the uh, resistance movements there were causing the Germans to the point where they engaged in prisoner exchanges. Um, uh-huh. Guy Trifkovich. Yeah, so yeah. so I'm wondering, so if they captured um, OSS members, if the Germans captured OSS members or people with them, was it a different situation? Did the Germans, I, I imagine the Germans treated them differently. Yeah. Uh, there were some cases, and they were normally sent to, to prison mm-hmm. or in uh, in camps they have, but mainly in prisons. And lots of them were saved after the war. Some of them were also killed. Mm-hmm. So there was not a rule what to do with them. That that was uh, from case to case. In some cases, they, uh, the Germans killed them. In some cases, they sent them to, to prison. Mm-hmm. But it was the difference. Uh, uh, mainly, if if this guy, uh, if this was a normal soldier, agent, let's say of Yugoslav origin, uh, they were in in that cases they were uh, uh, lots of them quickly they were killed. Then let's say the officers who were the head of the missions, uh, they were. Uh, it was much more easier for them to, to survive, let's say. No. Hmm. And so the Americans, though, when, if were any Americans captured by the Germans operating here? Yeah, uh, they were some of them, uh, and they were mainly prisoners of war, and hmm. uh, some of them also killed. Some of, let's say, of, uh, of uh, the American um, agents were also killed by, by partisans. Hmm. We have some, yeah, we have some cases of some, uh, and also some American and some British agents who were killed by partisans. Uh, these were mainly those who were complaining all the time about uh, how partisans treated them. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem was that, uh, that, let's say, freedom of movement. Because, let's say, Alvgar Haskett Pritchard, which was British agent, uh, uh, was, let's say, one of the, the typical cases. Uh, he wanted to infiltrate into Austria alone with no help of the partisans, and partisans did not agree with that, and they then secretly killed him. So I imagine, well, you said secretly, but I can imagine yeah. if, if it became known that this happened. Yeah, later on, later on. Okay. Uh, years and years ago, uh, partisans didn't want to to tell the truth. Hmm. Yeah, so... But this was very... This were, This was not often. This Some in some cases are uh, where we can... When we actually discover that they were killed. Mm-hmm. So what about... So the, the resistance in the Serbian areas... Um, I'm, can you talk about sort of the dynamics there? Did, was there anything going on or how did it... Yeah, uh, it was different in, in Serbian. Uh, 
the difference is if we say, uh, if you talk about Serbian territories in Bosnia mm -hmm. or Serbian territory in Serbia. Because okay. uh, in Serbia, there was not lots of resistance. It, it was mainly in that area, uh, they were mainly operating the Chetniks. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say the resistance spread more all around, let's say, uh, Serbian territory. Uh, but we cannot, we, we can say actually that because now there are discussions who, who, who was fighting, who was collaborating, which nation was collaborating with the Axis powers, which not. Actually, if you look the partisan movement, actually, there were all nations in, inside the partisan movement. You, you had Croats, you have Serbs, you have Muslims, you have Slovenians, Montenegrins, uh, also uh, the Macedonians and so on and so on. but mainly in 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 Chetnik movement they were mainly they were mainly Serbs mm -hmm. so this is let's say the difference between the, these two resistance movements mm -hmm. what impact did the OSS have overall do you think their their help was really needed or was it just kind of here and there it was useful yeah from my opinion is that it was not very uh it was helpful for providing support for the partisans and the Chetniks, mm -hmm. but not helpful, uh, let's say, how uh, then how situation developed after the war. So the communists came on power. Actually, they 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 mainly provided military support, but not but the political influence was not uh, was not strong by by the U.S. Mm -hmm. This is, this 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 was uh, this is evident, and also the if you if you look the documents, you see that actually that correspondence between Churchill and I think Eden on the other side, uh, Eden asked Churchill, uh, you see what is happening in Yugoslavia? Uh, Tito wants to create a communist regime, and then Churchill said to Eden, so what? I, you will you live in Yugoslavia after the war? No. Me too. <laughs> I'm not going to live in Yugoslavia, so I, I don't care what kind of regime will be in Yugoslavia. So, hmm. actually, the, the focus in the end of the war was mainly uh, were the borders of Yugoslavia with Austria and Italy, not the regime in in Yugoslavia. So, the problem was so where where it will be the the border between Italy and Yugoslavia. Because Yugoslavia, at the end of the war for the Allies, was uh, Yugoslavia was the satellite of Soviet Union. This was evident uh, until until the, the split between Tito and Stalin in, in '48. Yugoslavia was a typical typical uh, Soviet satellite. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, talk about the uh, resources you used for your research. What uh, what did you pull? What archives did you use? I used the. Uh, the American archives. So I researched in 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 Nara two in Maryland. Mm -hmm. So these these archives are mainly the archives of OSS. Mm -hmm. Then I used the the British archives uh, in Kew Gardens in London. So th these are the national archives. I used mainly the documents of OS uh, OSS and SOE. So British documents has also lots of US stuff. Uh, if you, if you let's say look uh, for SOE documents, you you get lots of OSS 
documents uh, because they made sort of agreements together how they will operate in Yugoslavia. And then I also used the, the Yugoslav documents. So uh, documents which uh, can be found in uh, in Slovenia and and in in Serbia. So I got documents of both sides. So partisan documents and and documents of of uh, British and uh, US uh, secret services. Mm -hmm. Did you happen to were, were there any locations that you visited for any reason to see where anything happened or was it all documentary research? Yeah, uh, I, I spoke with some veterans mm -hmm. uh, who worked for OSS and also for, for SOE and uh, MI6. And I visited places where, let's say, they they landed as uh, parachutes. Uh, when they landed, when these agents landed uh, with with plane, let's say in Slovenia, you have that partisan airfields where, where, where they landed and where 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 also where some of these allied officers also uh, when they where they died so they have monuments here also hmm. you you can find lots of monuments of uh, uh, where they were killed in in all parts of Yugoslavia hmm. so what uh, what were the airfields can you name some of the spots where they flew in one one, one airfield uh, airfield is called Krasinets. Uh, then one airfield is called Otok. Mm -hmm. So these were airfields, let's say, uh, made by partisans. Uh, and uh, in these airfields uh, were landing the American and British uh, planes. Mm -hmm. You have also, let's say, uh, lots of that airfields in Serbia. Let's mm -hmm. say the Chetniks ha had also these airfields in Pranjani. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you had all over in Yugoslavia this this partisan and, and Chetnik airfields. How were um, how were they able to use these airfields without the German dis Germans discovering that they were being used? Yeah, if you look strategically, you you see that Germans wanted to to hold, let's say, the main communications in Yugoslavia and main main cities, industrial uh, important cities. So. Yugoslavia is very uh, mountainous uh, country. Uh, you could not control all the territory. So you can quickly have, let's say, free territory. And this kind of free territories in Yugoslavia you had all, all the time. So mm -hmm. the problem is that, that the Germans and also at the beginning, the Italians and the others could not control all the area. So all the guerrilla movement was was spreading very quickly and they they were creating free free territories all the time mm -hmm. so it sounds like if they were even if the uh, axis powers even tried to send patrols or small guard posts they'd probably be overwhelmed and killed by by resistance yeah. movements yeah yeah interesting i'm speaking with blaj torkar author of mission yugoslavia you can find more information about his work on the McFarlane website or by searching for him online. If you like this podcast, Military History Inside Out, so far, please subscribe. If you want daily book suggestions for new military history and general American and world history, including true crime, 
please check out my YouTube channel, War Scholar, and my website, warscholar.org, or militaryhistorypodcast.com. If you're looking for new fiction and non-fiction books on sci-fi, fantasy, horror, gaming, film history, and more, check out chrisalvarez.com and my podcast, Full Contact Nerd Interviews. If you want new technology, science, space, and space history books, check out technologyandspace.com and my podcast, Technology and Space. Now back to the podcast. So what part of this research was most enjoyable for you? Yeah, most enjoyable was, uh, let's say, um, when you, when I found, let's say, some Slovenians and the other Yugoslavs, when I found the, their personal files, so uh, actually how, how they uh, trained them. So uh, I saw the documents uh, uh, of, let's say, the training schools they, 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 uh, they were visiting, how, uh, how they trained, uh, how, they, um, how, they were, how they were interviewed, and then later what, what problems they had, let's say, during the, the training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how they they uh, uh, how they treated them, uh, if they were reliable, not reliable, uh, w- did they have communist uh, let's say ideas or not, uh, more liberal ideas? So they they actually checked everyone uh, his background. Uh, so they they picked let's say for the Allied missions the best of the best. So uh, the guy which entered the, the OSS or SOE courses and later on uh, missions, they had to be in, in very, let's say, they had to, to be reliable in, in a very good physical condition. Mm-hmm. Did, they, did they pick people who were already in the military for these? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. As I told, they mainly picked guys who were prisoners of war. So these were mainly, the majority of them were, were before the Italian soldiers, some of them German soldiers of Yugoslav origin. And of course, uh, they were, they wanted to join the Allies and to, to cooperate in, uh, in fighting against the Axis powers. And they were very, 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 very good agents for, for the British and the Americans. As far as the Americans who were chosen to do these missions, were they all, was it military as well or a mix? Uh, you mean American officers? Right, right. Yeah, they were all, they were all military. Mm-hmm. There were no civilians. But as I said, mainly they, they, they picked guys who had Yugoslav origin mm-hmm. or Croat, Serbian, Slovenian and, and other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I, I asked that because, um, you know, I would imagine, say, the State Department has people who know the culture and language pretty well. And I wondered if they might have taken some of them, you know, and trained them up, you know. Because you had exceptions. Some of them were not, let's say, did not have Yugoslav origin. Well, let's say Franklin Lindsay, mm-hmm. who wrote Because in Night, that famous book, was had no, let's say, no, no Yugoslav roots, but he, 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 he did very good job in Yugoslavia during uh, during the war. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And I, I say that because, you know, the OSS became the CIA, and when you think, you know, yeah. the CIA is not military, 
But I guess yeah. the OSS was all was a military organization. But let's say during the war, uh, OSS was not treated by partisans equally like MI6. Hmm. MI6, they were more afraid of MI6, let's say. OSS was more, this is our amateurs. Also, the British looked on OSS, oh, this is not the real secret service. They, they had a joke that OSS means Oh, so social. So they they yeah. they were joking uh, of them. So later on, they developed, let's say, in a very, very good, let's say, intelligence service like CIA. But during the war, it, mm -hmm. they were not treated equally. Mm -hmm. What did you find that most surprised you in your research? Yeah, what surprised me is that the, there were so many missions working in Yugoslavia. British and American and, uh, and uh, let's say uh, at the beginning of 1944 you, you had uh, more than 1,000 uh, Allied soldiers on one island which is called Vis in Croatia. Mm -hmm. So this was, let's say, for, for Yugoslavia at that time a very, very, very high number. Uh, but uh, in reality the the politics of the western allies was all the time we support the the resistance well but we don't uh, send let's say army infantry in yugoslavia mm. so the strategy was of course uh, do not uh, don't go in yugoslavia and and uh, we don't want that our let's say our guys will be killed on the Yugoslav territory. We will just support them with munition, with weapons, and of course with, with small groups, missions, uh, uh, commandos, and this is all. So no, let's say no large army will, be, will not be landing on Yugoslav territory because lots, in one period there was there was a fear in Yugoslavia of the Germans and also uh, by partisans that, that the British and the Americans will land on Yugoslav territory. Hmm. So uh, this never happened, but the, uh, there was a, a great fear at that time in Yugoslavia. Uh, the Germans even started to 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 build uh, to build defense on the coast on the Yugoslav coast. Hmm. Also, if you see the movements of the, the main brigades, partisan, and also the the Chetniks, they were moving more, more to the to the coast. Hmm. That if this landing will be, let's say, uh, held, that they will quickly connect with the the Allies. And of course, Tito was afraid at that time that that the Chetniks and also other anti-communist gr uh, groups, which were uh, also the Quisling groups, that they will connect with the Western allies and, and then they will start to fight uh, against the partisans. So uh, this was a great fear at that time of the Tito and that's why also Tito wanted at the end of the war that, uh, that every allied uh, mission which comes to Yugoslavia has his own approval. So he he wanted to have the control of everything what is happening on the Yugoslav territory. Mm -hmm. Since you mentioned the Quisling movements, the sort of, I guess, the counter-resistance movements, did the OSS ever accidentally 
send people to the wrong groups and get captured? I imagine not, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there, there are some cases that the OSS sent uh, some members of the missions into, let's say, wide guard, which was actually anti-communist, uh, let's say, group, let's say, in Slovenia, uh, supported by the Italians, but they were, let's say, in that case, they were they were quickly uh, um, uh, they managed to escape uh, to the partisan side, but mm. but in some cases they were the uh, the U.S. agents were 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 kept by by this white guard, and then mm. uh, they gave them to to the Germans, and they were sent to prison. Mm. And also, if let's say. This uh, anti-communist Quisling uh, groups, if they found U.S. airmen, they were quickly sent them to to the Germans, and they were sent to prison. Mm-hmm. Oh. So this is also the difference because the partisans and the Chetniks were actually evacuating them uh, to to southern Italy. Mm-hmm. Did they discover any? German agents or any um, Axis agents within their ranks while the OSS was there. Do you have any stories where they dealt with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Partisans, partisans uh, were suspicious by some U.S. let's say members who who they they. I saw the documents. They were afraid that they are actually the Gestapo agents, mm-hmm. and in one case. Uh, this was uh, true, but in lots of cases, this was just suspicions and they were not real, uh, let's say, Gestapo agents. Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, lots of members of U.S. missions were actually uh, Austrian and German Jews mm-hmm. who escaped before in the 30s in in United States. Yeah. And then they joined the the to to OSS and OSS sent them to Yugoslavia. That with uh, partisan support they will infiltrate into Austria. Mm-hmm. So there were also lots of Austrian and German Jews uh, uh, who were uh, inside the the OSS missions. Mm-hmm. What was so? I know there's a lot of uh, gaps in information, but was there a particular question? that you really wanted to get an answer for and um, either finally did or you still would love to find out? Yeah, let's say um, I wanted to, I did not um, describe and analyze all the OSS missions in Yugoslavia. Let's say if you read the book, you can see that, that I focused on the northern part. So I analyzed work mainly of the missions which operated in in the Slovenian and in one part in Croatian area, so I did not let let's say focus on let's say on the other let's say OSS missions which operated in 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 Serbian territory, in Bosnian territory, or in or in Dalmatia and 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 so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Was there a something you came across that had a strong emotional impact on you, either positively or negatively? Yeah, you have uh, you have even today a very a very uh, a good me- a memory of let's say uh, those um, OSS um, agents uh, who died mm-hmm. in fight. 
uh, against the Germans together. They, 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 they fought together with partisans against the, the Germans. So this memory is very good preserved in Slovenia, let's say. Mm -hmm. So even today, uh, or let's say this memory on the, the, uh, the airmen which were saved by, on the U.S. airmen which was saved by, who were saved by, by the partisans. So hmm. you have today monuments and celebrations connected with this memory. Also, the relatives of these pilots are, are uh, coming back to, to, let's say, to Slovenia to see where, where their grand, granddad was fighting and who saved his life. So mm -hmm. this memory is very good preserved. You have also monuments of those, let's say, some of these uh, U.S. officers uh, who who died here and, and so on and so on. So this is a very, very good preserved memory. Then you have a goal, also very known uh, memory. Uh, it's so-called the Ravens fly, uh, Ravens flight. This is. Uh, operation of saving not U.S. but British British uh, prisoners of war. Mm -hmm. So this is also a very a very known, uh, uh, let's say, story from Slovenia. Slovenia. You have also uh, uh, one episode on BBC, which was which was played, uh, and where was this Ravens flight presented? So. This memory is still very, very alive in Slovenia. How many, um, so as far as memorials to U.S. and, and British uh, soldiers or people there, can you give numbers approximately how many exist for each? Oh. And roundabout number is fine. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a, I think it's about uh, 15, 20 in, 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 let's say, in Slovenian territory. Mm -hmm. Only Slovenia. I don't have numbers in other parts of Yugoslavia. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have that monuments when, let's say, some plane crashed, mm -hmm. or let's say where where the airfield was uh, during the the Second World War, mm -hmm. or where where some U.S. Uh, officer died. So lots of monuments you have everywhere. Uh, let's say actually everywhere on on, on Slovenian territory. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's um. And considering sort of the Soviet gov government's tendency to hide or, or not talk about anything that doesn't highlight their achievements, it seems interesting that these monuments were able to, you know, exist and stay in place for all these decades. Yeah. You, you mean after the war? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, let's say in Yugoslavia, it was not a typical Soviet regime. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, if you see, let's say, the, the history of Yugoslavia, you had that, let's say, we say, copy of the Soviet system mm -hmm. until 40, 48. Mm -hmm. And in 48 then happened that, that split with Stalin, that's a called Inforum Bureau crisis. Mm -hmm. So, the, the Yugoslavia then started its own way, to so, its own socialism, to build its own socialism. Mm -hmm. And so called non-allied movement. So uh, let's say that that influence from the West came in Yugoslavia, started to come in Yugoslavia very quickly. So let's say the also in the beginning of let's say of the sixties, the the borders were started to open towards Italy. So 
that Western culture came to Yugoslavia quicker than, let's say, in in, in Czechoslovakia or, or Poland or, or or Romania. So mm-hmm. uh, these monuments were not destroyed after the war. Yeah, and I guess and and yeah, and I mentioned that because you know you think. You know, if your citizens see these monuments, you know, they're, they're, they're supposed to be friends with the Soviet and enemies with the West, sort of. And you see this and it makes, you know, it makes me wonder about freedom of speech and thought. Um, it seems like there was more of it uh, than you, you know, someone might think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what to say? Uh, it's still, it's still uh, going on this discussion. What, what, what sort of system... <laughs> We had in Yugoslavia. We had different opinion even today mm-hmm. uh, in in Slovenian society. Was this a typical totalitarian regime? Was not totalitarian? How much it was liberal? Uh, then you have also comparison with let's say with other uh, regimes which were much more let's say pro-communist. Let's say like in Czechoslovakia or Poland or or Romania. Uh, so. We have we have different, let's say, opinions uh, and also studies of the Yugoslav regime uh, even today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I ask that, I guess, I, it makes me wonder how much um, military, sort of the military uh, brotherhood that existed or camaraderie that existed during the war makes me wonder how much of an influence it had you know, post-war as far as politics and international relations and that sort of thing, as opposed to, say, other Eastern European countries where the Allies weren't really involved as heavily. Yeah, but if you, let's say, if you if you look how, let's say, the history books were written after the war, mm-hmm. uh, there, was much, there was much more, let's say, evident how the Soviets helped us. Yeah. This, is, this was evident. Uh, even the, during the war, you can see that the partisans, of course, they they like that they 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 got lots of uh, British and U.S. support, but they in in the public they they all the time try to uh, to tell the public that they have also the the Soviet support. So Soviet mm-hmm. support was much more for the public important. Mm-hmm. But uh, but quickly, let's say. Uh, let's say in the 70s, uh, this, let's say, researching of the uh, how the Allies operated in, let's say, in Yugoslavia started to, to develop. So this was mainly when, when, when the first documents were released in, 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 in Great Britain and, and in the U.S. Uh, at that time, this, let's say, topic was more researched in, in, in Yugoslavia. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I didn't mean to go into it. Uh, political ta- tangent there, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the effects of what was done, you know, continue yeah, it, on. It is connected. <laughs> it is all connected. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you hope? Um, so, the book's been out since uh, you know the summer last year. Uh, what what do you hope the book does for readers? Apart from filling the historical gap, what else do you want them to take from this? Yeah, it it is important for for the reader that. Uh, the reader gets, uh, let's say, lots of information. How, not just how the U.S. Uh, let's say saw the situation in Yugoslavia during during the Second World War, but uh, uh, from the book you can also 
uh, got a lot of information. What were the let's say uh, uh, how how the U.S. OSS cooperated with the British intelligence services? How what uh, how they cooperate with with the Soviet let's say uh, military mission? And especially uh, let's say uh, how they looked on let's say Yugoslav borders after the war. This is also an important issue and uh, and how um, how they supported uh, uh, the resistance movements and also what is for me most important why they supported Tito why they they did not support Draža Mihailović because uh, you you got lots of books there were lots of books published mainly not by historians which uh, wanted to to focus that, uh, let's say, Churchill was betrayed by Tito, that, that uh, uh, Churchill uh, made a mistake of that he decided to, let's say, to support Tito and not not, not Mihailovic. But if you look how, uh, what kind of uh, information Churchill had at that time, uh, when when Ultra uh, managed to de- de- decrypt the German reports from the Balkans, it was evident that Germans wrote that actually that the main resistance which comes from Yugoslavia is partisan resistance, not 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 the, the Chetnik. And this is important. Uh, not not the NKVD agents and communist agents inside uh, British uh, SOE and MI6. And you have all, 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 all kind of stories that they they influenced on on the British decision that the, to support the Tito. So mm-hmm. uh, important is, of course, that Churchill got by ultra uh, the German ports, which which uh, actually got him the, the main information what is happening in Yugoslavia. Do you know um, the the prisoners of war that were were recruited and sent to do this work? Do you know? Do you have any idea if they all stayed after the war? Did some decide they wanted to go to the West? Was there any choice of yeah. the matter? Uh, this is a very, uh, this is a good question. So, this prisoners of war um, who who worked for the British and the U.S. intelligence services had after the war problems. This is the this is uh, this is the fact. Especially those who who worked for the British, those who stayed in Yugoslavia, had let's say problems uh, until late sixties and the beginning of the seventies. So they were controlled by by uh, uh, Yugoslav uh, secret service because they, of course, during the war they they cooperated with with the uh, with the Western allies. Lots of them. Of course, emigrated to to America, to Argentina, mm-hmm. Australia, and there. And one now, let's say, one part of them were secretly killed at the end of the war. Mm-hmm. So this is also a, a, a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these were not. Uh, this was ma- These were mainly Yugoslav agents who worked for the British intelligence service not the US. Hmm. We have one or two cases that uh, that Yugoslavs who worked for OSS were killed, but mainly 
At the end of the Second World War, those who worked for the British intelligence services were killed by 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 Osna because they were, of course, they were working for for the Western Allies. Was there any information that they suspected they were in danger, or was it just one of those things where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, I saw that the documents mm-hmm. they were supervised all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of them. Uh, very quickly found out that one of their friends suddenly were missing. Mm. And they quickly find out that they need to emigrate Mm -hmm. uh, to the West. Uh, Some of them, I don't know how, survived. Uh, They were were sent to prison, interrogated, but they, they could not, uh, they were not accused of, let's say, spying for the West, mm-hmm. and they were then released and they, they uh, lived normal life, uh, let's say, of course, under, they were supervised, but they, they, they lived in, in Yugoslavia after the war. Makes me, yeah, it makes me really curious what, what elements or what factors saved some of them, but others did not. You know, it makes me wonder, was it personal connection? You know, someone liked them enough that... Yeah, also, you had you had really... Every every personal story is, is is something special. Yeah. Some of them had relatives uh, in, let's say, in, in, in the government, some of them not. That really... This is a, let's say, personal story which is different from, from case to case. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any difficulties getting the book finished or published? Yeah, let's say now imagine how is if some Slovenian guy uh, <laughs> writes uh, a book in English. So mm-hmm. this was problem. Uh, uh, so it, it it's harder for us to publish in 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 let's say in US than 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 let's say uh, for for the other historians. So. Mm-hmm. I needed to translate the book. I also had one one friend, uh, she's translator, who helped me. Mm-hmm. When I translated the book, then uh, I needed, of course, the native speaker. Mm-hmm. So a proofreader who goes through the text. Uh, so this lecture actually caused me f- five years. I needed five years to, to write this, this little book. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but... I managed to to do it, and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'd encourage uh, listeners to check it out. You can go to Amazon, and it has the look inside where you can open up the uh, yeah, opening yeah. chapters and stuff, and it looks very interesting, very readable. You know, no issues that I saw. So um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's not it's not so long. It's it's short, uh, and I wanted to to write in. The basic important things, let's say, for U.S. reader to inform him how how OSS operated in Yugoslavia during the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your current writing project? Do you have one that you're working on? Yeah, at the moment, uh, I also uh, I'm, I'm writing about about First World War in in in, in Slovenia and Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, probably you know that the, the uh, in Slovenian in Italian territory during the First World War was so-called the Zonto Front. Mm. So this was a part of a Italian Front, 
last part of the Italian front was called the Zonzo Front, and uh, I focused on 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 uh, the last offensive uh, on the Italian front, uh, on the Zonzo Front, which was organized by by the Austrians and Germans. Uh, and this uh, offensive is also called the Miracolo di Caporetto, Battle of Caporetto. And of course, uh, in, in the areas where where I live uh, was fighting Erwin Rommel during the, the First World War. Mm-hmm. So he started his military career in the Zonza Front. He received the Pour le Merit for Operation Longarone for capturing Mountain Matayur. Mm-hmm. So I am analyzing together with my my uh, colleague officer uh, how how Rommel together with uh, with his uh, unit with his Württemberg Mountain Battalion together with his detachment how he conquered these areas where where actually I live mm-hmm. and uh, this is of course important for uh, the developing of uh, let's say infiltration tactics which was important at that time during the first world war and of course the uh, for commanding so for mission command which is also today today very important so the mission command and the infiltration text tactics actually uh, was used by by Erwin, Erwin Rommel and his comrades during the first world war in that famous 12th offensive so this is one of the projects where I'm working at the moment, mm-hmm. and also the book will be will be published in, in also in English mm-hmm. language. Already it is published in, in Slovenian and German, and now it is translating also into into English. Okay, how how many apart from English? What what languages uh, do you know? Slovenian, English, Italian, and Serbo-Croat. Okay. I'm just curious. Um, it sounded like you knew some Italian when you were describing the yeah. book. So, uh, where can people find you online? Do you have website, social media? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so. Let's say into these things. I, they can find me. I have my email. I don't have my own page. Let's say page. I have Facebook. Uh, they can get my books. So let's say uh, on the internet. Mm-hmm. On Amazon, on McFarland page, on on let's say book depository, mm-hmm. the, my books can be found. Let's say some of them on, on internet. Okay, and if you want, I'll I'll post your email and show notes if people want. You know, if they yeah, want to get in they, touch with you. Yeah, if they research my name, they will get they will get my email. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, all right. So that's all the questions I have. Do you have any final thoughts or words? Yeah. Thanks for. Uh, that you organized this uh, interview with me and I hope that we, we met also in future. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to talk about this. It's really interesting stuff. I, I hope my English was fluent that uh, people <laughs> understand me. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it, it was just fine. No problems. Um, okay. All right. So thank you for speaking with me. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening to military history inside out. If you want daily book suggestions for new military history and general American and world history, including true crime, please check out my YouTube channel, War Scholar, and my website, warscholar.org or militaryhistorypodcast.com. If you're looking for new fiction and nonfiction books on sci-fi, fantasy, horror, gaming, film history, and more, check out chrisalvarez.com and my podcast, Full Contact Nerd Interviews. 
If you want new technology, science, space history, and space books, check out technologyandspace.com and my podcast, Technology and Space. Thank you for listening.